It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Plan with Dan podcast. I'm Mark Kaywood alongside Dan Betzel. He's the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gahanna near the airport. Find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. You can also call the office 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Dan, you've got almost two decades of experience in financial planning. And from what I hear at the time of this recording, you've got more than three decades of experience with marriage. It's Dan's anniversary at the time of this recording, everyone. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. It's number 35. And I think you also have some news to share, don't you? Aren't you just recently married? I do. I'm I'm at week three. I'm celebrating <laughs> week- my third week anniversary. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, third week, 35th year. So you're I, on the way. You're on the way. Yes. I've only got 34 more years to go to catch Aww, up, right? <laughs> you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy every minute of it. No, I'm excited. I do have to ask, you got 20 years experience almost in the financial world, 35 years of marriage, which has been more of the challenge over the course of your life, would you say? Oh, well, you know, I've had a crush on my wife since like eighth grade, so I wouldn't call that a challenge. Of course, you know, any relationship has its challenges, but I think financial planning has been a little, actually a little more difficult. Okay. You know, okay. Be, yeah, yeah. Beautiful marriage. Well, we're glad to hear that, of course, and I'm looking forward to, you know, figuring it out with my wife and the infancy stages of our marriage. So it's an exciting time for sure. But we're not here for marriage advice. That's another podcast, (laughs) of course. We can create one of those maybe in our spare time. Uh, We are here to talk about finances, and we hope that you'll enjoy that today. Let's kick it off with a little bit of In the News. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, it is time to hear from the world around us, take some of the headlines, and just see how they might apply to you and your finances. Dan, the number of baby boomers filing for bankruptcy is skyrocketing. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so, you know, in the personal finance blog that appeared yesterday, I read this, it's actually pretty frightening statistic, that for people age 65 and up, filings are up 300% from what they were in 1991. And they're actually five times higher than any younger demographic. And, you know, I guess I wasn't horribly surprised based on the clients that I meet with and people that come in and we discuss about pre-retirement planning. But nevertheless, it was kind of a like a wake-up call, I guess, that I want to express to people because, you know, I guess, like, why is this happening? Well, you know, there's been a shift from pensions to 401ks, and that's placed all the responsibility on the retirees. You know, we have rising medical costs, and Social Security doesn't go that far to replacing the income that you need. And when you combine all of that, you get kind of a toxic soup, you know, with rising healthcare costs, taxes, social security being less and less of, of being able to meet your income needs. Household debt is really high. I just met with someone a couple days ago that is contemplating retirement and has, you know, $400,000 of debt, you know, between the house and the car and credit cards. And, you know, it's like a wake up call and what we need to do, you know, and it's never too late to begin. So don't get discouraged. I, I wouldn't want to use this article as a scare tactic, but more like a, a call to arms, call to action, you know, get your savings up, get your debt down and make sure before you pull the retirement plug that you meet with somebody who can help you plan and look at the implications of, you know, social security and taxes and your portfolio. So, you know, it's kind of a startling news article, but I want to use it 
to empower people to take the right steps, get your savings up, get your debt down, and come up with a plan. And you know what? If you do those things, I think you will not be one of these statistics. Dan Betzel rallying the troops on the podcast today. I like what you said, a toxic soup of bad planning. Don't fall victim to that. Have a well-balanced financial diet, so to speak. Get a comprehensive plan in place that will protect you and help you plan for Social Security, market downfalls, and income. Don't run out of money in retirement. Income is huge. This has been In the News. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, it is time to hear from you, the listener. We love taking questions from our loyal podcast followers. This one comes to us from Hans in Gehenna. Hans says, I hate having money in the bank because it's not earning enough interest every month to even buy me a cheeseburger from the value (laughs) menu. Wait, let's pause right there. Hans, don't hate on the value menu. It's a delightful (laughs) thing. I'll admit it. Uh, But he says, not even enough interest to buy me cheeseburger on the value menu. For the money that I've earmarked as my emergency fund, is there something better I can do with it? You know, Hans, first of all, thanks so much for that question. And, you know, I get that question a lot. And I think it's really interesting that that's the question following right up, you know, from our in the news segment about more and more seniors filing bankruptcy, because even though I know you don't like it, and even though I know you aren't getting much interest on it, this is your sleep at night money. This is the money that's going to help you weather the storm. This is the money that, you know, is going to be cash as king during any kind of a personal crisis or any type of an economic downturn. I mean, just think how powerful it will be when the next 2008 happens. And it's not if it happens, it's when. And you're like, you know what? I don't have to pull any money out of my portfolio because I have it sitting over here in the bank. So I wouldn't think of this portion of your investments of your portfolio as you know that portion which is trying to stay ahead of inflation, that portion you're trying to grow. This has a different function. It's your sleep at night money. Now, maybe you need to ask yourself, do I have too much in the bank? You know, Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. But that's why you need to talk to somebody who can help you determine how much you really need and how much you can put to work for you in the market. So you know, we say this is what we call a statement against self-interest. It's in my best interest to tell you to invest it. But I'm telling you a statement against my best interest because it's in your best interest to make sure that you have enough money so you can weather the storm and you can sleep at night. Remember, cash is king during the storm. So great question. I would encourage you to get some follow-up with a competent financial professional to see if you have the right amount in the bank. So great question. And thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for writing in Hans. As always, if you want to be featured on the podcast, you can write in your questions. Just go to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. And that's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior. It's time for Mind Over Money. Well, that's right. Mind over money here on the podcast. Dan, this is a relatively new segment. It's been in a few podcasts now, but we love this new segment. It kind of gets into that idea of behavioral investing and what's going on in your mind when you're making these choices, how you make choices, the psychology of it, right? Yeah, you know, it's actually one of my favorite areas. I just love reading books about behavioral finance because it really helps me help my clients to get their mind, you know, in the right perspective when they think about investing in their retirement. And what I want to talk about today is one I think is probably the most dangerous bias that I see. It's called confirmation bias. Interesting. Explain that. it It really is. So it's this tendency we all have, everybody, to seek out information 
that confirms or verifies what you already believe. So you kind of block out any opposing viewpoints and you don't want to like even entertain a contrarian possibility because you don't want it to have it negate the worldview that you've already spent so much energy in establishing. And, and this can be potentially really bad for your finances because what happens, I see this all the time, is you only focus on that information that totally supports or cements your preconceived notion about a financial decision. You know, I was getting calls constantly, a couple a day about Bitcoin. And I would try to talk to people and share with them, well, yeah, Bitcoin certainly has, you know, all the cryptocurrencies, you know, it's had this huge run up. But there's a lot of risk involved in that. And they will wait a minute, wait a minute, you're just saying that because, you know, you don't understand how Bitcoin is different. And it's like whatever I would say to them to try to back them off the ledge, you know, <laughs> wanting to jump into the Bitcoin pool, you know, with all of their investment money, they would just come up immediate with one emotional response to the other. You know, you don't understand this is different. You know, this is just the big financial institutions not wanting to accept this new asset class. I mean, it was just was really interesting. And I think, you know, anytime you get this kind of frenzy about something and you won't step back for a second and you won't consider that perhaps you know there's a, another view another way to look at this you have to be careful because you may actually find yourself ensnared by this confirmation bias so sometimes you know you need kind of a metaphoric slap to wake you up out of this stupor you're in and say wow you know there really is another way to look at this and maybe i should consider that and maybe that will mitigate my decision making process so i see it like bitcoin gold a hot stock tip that someone's gotten from their neighbor or their brother brother-in-law at a party. So just be really careful. Whenever you feel like you're really entrenched, you know, into one specific way of thinking about something, make sure that you look out for some red flags that might be caution signs. I'll tell you, Dan, if there's anything that has exposed my confirmation bias in life, it's getting married. Because mm -hmm. I grew up with a particular way of doing things, as all of us do, right? My family yeah. did things mm -hmm. a certain way. And I'm learning that there are actually other ways of doing things, like not using multiple rolls of paper towels in the home. And so I'm learning that just because that was always the way I was taught to do it and shown to do it, there are other ways of doing things out there. And I actually fall guilty of this myself as well when I say things like, well, dear, I'd like to go to Chick-fil-A or McDonald's this evening. What do you think about that? And she says, well, you know what the right answer is. You just want me to confirm what you already know. You just want me to tell you so you'll feel better about yourself. But I'm not going to do that. And so I think that just shows that in your investing life, especially you need somebody to give you that kick in the pants to kind of wake you up to the right way of thinking. Yeah. And, you know, don't beat yourself up too bad. We all have. We do. We bias. do. Yes. It's just learning to become aware of it. I like how you say that, Dan. It's not something to freak out about. We all do it. It's just mm -hmm. becoming aware of it and then investing accordingly to better protect ourselves and invest better and be smarter have a smarter investing life. All right, let's get into the meat of today's podcast. We're going to talk about the elements of a successful retirement. There's this article that came out on Market Watch that was entitled The Seven Elements of a Successful Retirement. Of course, we're not going to have time to go through all of these. We're just going to kind of pick out a couple here on the podcast today. But I did find this to be interesting. It basically just goes through just that elements of a successful retirement, what it takes to retire successfully. Dan, pick us off one of these elements to get the conversation started. I really want to take the article and maybe put it in context of how I look at financial planning, because I think it's a really good article that supports several elements that are just absolutely fundamental to what I would call holistic financial planning. I mean, the first I call income planning. I mean, that is the number one question that I get from so many people, you know, do I have enough money to retire? 
And, you know, I hate to say it sound like a lawyer, but the answer is, well, it depends because you know? <laughs> it really does. A lot of people really haven't taken the time to really get very well-defined goals and actually to visualize them. And there's really no cookie-cutter answer that people read about. They'll say, well, you know, I was told that I need, you know, 70 to 80 percent of my current income for retirement. I'm like, you can't go by that. No, you certainly don't want to make a decision as important and as significant and in many ways as irreversible as retiring until you have some really hard numbers. I really encourage people to really sit down and to visualize where do you want to live? What kind of travel do you want to do? Where are you going to spend holidays? Are you going to be helping your grandchildren through college and really get a really, really detailed idea of you know what your budget's going to be, what your income demands are going to be, because only then can we decide whether you're going to have enough money or not. And you know there's some tools you can use. Drop me an email or call the office. You don't have to be a client of mine. I'll gladly send you a worksheet that will help you work through this and probably think of things that you don't even think about, like how often do you go to Starbucks? How much is that going to cost you in retirement? And you know that might be significant. It might not be significant for you. So number one is really having a clear idea of your income goals. And you know number two, I would say is how is your portfolio going to be managed? We have this old rule of thumb you hear about. Well, take a hundred and minus your age, you know, and that's how much of your portfolio should be allocated to bonds or stocks. Or and that doesn't work anymore either. You really have to really know how your portfolio is designed, how much money you can pull off of that portfolio, and have a very very high probability that your portfolio is going to continue to grow and keep up with inflation. So third, I think is taxes. Wow, I mean people don't. Think Think about the consequences of taxes in their retirement. Some people really think that taxes are going to go down. And for a lot of my clients, taxes actually go up. Can you believe that? That they go up. I'll give you an example. People think, well, if I lose a spouse, if my spouse passes away, my taxes are going to go down. In reality, taxes sometimes will increase or even double because you no longer have the double exemption, you don't have the double standard deduction, and your income has not gone down that much. So people are shocked. So you know, I lose my spouse and my taxes go up 300%, it's very possible. So you have to do that tax planning. So what do you think about that so far? Yeah, Dan, I think it's interesting. One of the key lines that I'm seeing here in this article, it says, successful retirement planning requires flexibility and the willingness to look at all aspects of your life. I think so often we get goals in place and then don't hold them loosely, right? Because life happens in retirement. You get sick, you need a new car, the roof goes out and you need to replace the roof on your house. Maybe your dreams change along retirement. Life doesn't always go as planned, and so you have to be willing to adapt and adjust. And then also it talks about, again, that willingness to look at all aspects of your life, and that's what you're getting at when you talk about income and tax planning and long-term care and Social Security. I think so often we look at retirement as we're just going to save, 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 invest, 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 and then somehow, some way, this collection of investment products and different accounts are going to do the job in the end. But you really have to put them to work in different areas of your financial life. And so I think that's huge. And retirement planning is building that comprehensive plan, which is what we talk about so often on the podcast. Yeah, and flexibility is absolutely the fundamental building block of the entire plan because it's not if these things happen that you mentioned. You know, the need a new car, you have to get a new roof, there's going to be medical costs. It's when they happen. And has your plan been designed with those contingencies in mind because they will happen? As you said, you know, holistic planning not only is it talk about income and portfolio and taxes, but it has to also 
address the social, the emotional, the spiritual aspects of a person. You have to really get clear, like, what are you going to do when you're not working anymore? Some people find enormous satisfaction in volunteering or maybe having a job. I have a client who is a medical physician, and she's told me this repeatedly. She can't wait until she retires because she wants to work at a library or a bookstore because she loves being around books and children and helping them. And that's a great goal for her to have. My wife teaches at a local college, and they have a program called Good as Gold. And anyone who's 65 or older can take any class offered at the college for no tuition, And she's come home several times and told me that sometimes her favorite students, you know, is a 68 or 69-year-old person taking calculus, how much fun they are to work with. You know, so you have to also plan for those parts of your life. How are you going to fill up all this time when you were working? And that takes me, I guess, to my next level of holistic financial planning. I told you I had five areas. I had income planning, portfolio management, taxes, legacy planning. What do you want to leave to the next generation? What do you want to leave, you know, to your children and grandchildren? And it's not just money. It might be other things. It might be valuable, say, lessons that you want to teach them during retirement, time you want to spend with them, places you want to take them and experience with them. That could be all part of your legacy and getting very clear about how I'm going to leave my legacy to my children and grandchildren. I think that's huge, Dan. You could even leave a business as well, as far as that goes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So as you said, it's taking time you know, to really get really clear about your goals. It's taking time to get very specific or even granular about your income needs and how you're going to meet that income. And it's looking at investing for your whole life. Hopefully, you're going to have 20, 25 years, 30 years in retirement. You can't have a static plan. As you said, it has to be flexible. You have to meet periodically, at least I would say once a year to see if your plan is still on target and to talk about these ideas. You know, what are my income needs? Have they changed? Have my medical bills increased? How's my portfolio doing? Do I need to tweak my portfolio? How are the taxes? Tax code changes constantly. So you've got to always be thinking about your taxes. You know, and of course, that really important vital element of my personal, spiritual, emotional development. How is it going to continue during my retirement? And how am I going to pass that down through my legacy? If you do all those things, I think you're well on your way toward not only a powerful retirement, one filled with all kinds of peace and joy, but I think one that's going to take you into your golden years you know, in a way that's going to be fitting for what your dreams and goals are for you and your family. Yes, most certainly. I'll actually give just a quick example, hopefully uh-huh. maybe of what you're getting at here, Dan. To my parents, my dad was a local business owner. He was a pharmacist and owned a pharmacy. My mom was a teacher. And when the time uh-huh. came, he said, I want to sell the business. I want to be done with it. And I want to be able to enjoy life a little bit, but I still want to be involved. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sell the business and then go to work for the woman I'm selling it to just for a few days a week to be active there at the store. My mom planned to be a part-time teacher. And then my dad Mm -hmm. was also involved in local politics. And so they said, we'll still be involved in the community, but that will give us flexibility as our kids are getting married and starting to think about grandchildren. It'll give them time to spend with them. We can go to ball games. They love going to games. We can travel Uh a little bit and sort of have that flexibility at the same time. Well, then about a year ago, my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer and passed away Uh just a couple of months ago. And so everything 
everything mm-hmm. has changed on a dime. And luckily, yeah. they were prepared in their plan for that life happens moment. And so now my mom is beginning to think, well, what am I going to do now? Uh, you know, how am I going to go forward? And she's actually taken up my dad's position in local politics. So that's sort of wow. a completely different route than she was ever planning to go in. But she's yeah. found that she's enjoying it. And it's giving her yet another sense of purpose in retirement. And I really think that's what we want to get at on the podcast is that life happens, but you can be prepared for that. And at the same time, you can have a meaningful retirement and you can live with purpose in retirement. Yeah, it's a great story and all the best to your mom. Wonderful. Oh. Of course, of course. Well, thanks for the well wishes, Dan. And yes, of course, you too, the listener, can have a meaningful retirement. You can live with purpose and you can be prepared for those life suddenly moments. All you got to do is just get a plan in place to get you there. If you'd like help, if you want to ask more questions, reach out to Dan Betzel and his team at Betzel Wealth Advisors. Call 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Or as always, like we said before, you can check him out online, BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Thanks, Dan, for joining us. This has been the Plan With Dan podcast. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.